I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I am Paul John Dykes and I genuinely mean this. I am delighted to be joined by John Paul Mason. We've not had a chance really, JP, to talk about the weekend um, that we've just had and the weekend that's about to be upon us. Um, What about that at the weekend then, JP? Talk us through it. Talk us through. I mean, I've been listening to your commentary. It was was tremendous. I've not listened to it. (laughs) <laughs> Superlative, it was superb. And then, um, no, you've got to listen to it back, JP. It was brilliant. It was great. The crack between you and, and James. And uh, I'm going to start off with something positive. Brendan Rogers was talking on Celtic TV. Um, I was sent this this morning, and he was speaking about the, uh, the candy, he was speaking about the rock. And he said that they are true Celtic pl- people that love the club. I could feel that he was talking for the heart in that interview. There was nothing PR-related. It was true Brennan Rogers' emotion, wasn't it? I think a lot of people are desperate for it for it not to be. Um, you know, like, there's a lot of cynicism around Brendan Rogers and uh, I suppose the history that, that, he, that he carries with him um, and obviously the, the departure, the return. But... I, I, I don't. I people will be like, "Oh, God, you've been sucked in," or anything like that. But I, I don't really. I don't really buy that. I think. I think he genuinely did enjoy that. I, I don't think you can really fake that. I think you're either you're either in the moment and you're enjoying it, and you're giving people your time, and everybody that you've heard talking about it, the the posts on Twitter, Jerry talking about it to you on Monday. Um, I think I think it was a genuine thing, and and. 
as we were commentating, I mean, I say commentating, <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking between ourselves. The football match going on. Um, there was the occasional attempt at commentary, but uh, I, I don't really know. I mean, James has done it before. Uh, great guy, James, actually. That was the first time we've met in person, which is which is surreal. Um, but, yeah, really, really good guy. But I think the actual significance of him coming to that game will be remembered in a long, long time. Like probably when we are gone. <laughs> it's that, it's that big a deal. Yeah. It's a centenary celebration of St. Rocks who provided Celtic with, with Jimmy McGrory. And the links between the two clubs are, you, you cannot deny them. It's not as if they're made up or fabricated or anything. It's, it's a real thing. And Celtic, the current Celtic manager who has already got Several trophies to his name, seven, I think, in total. That's yeah. a relevant number today, actually. Yeah, yeah, seven. So seven, seven trophies to his name. Actually, turns up to that game, and I, I, I felt a little bit disappointed in myself for not being a little bit more poignant with my words because I, I genuinely do think now, reflecting back on it, that how big a deal it, how big a deal it actually was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and seeing him just arrive, obviously you're in the moment, and it, it didn't it didn't feel real. We we spoke about that at the time when we were standing there on that platform, going, "Brendan Rodgers is here," <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking to Saul from James. Um, what's going on? But it, it was just it was a really really incredible event to be a part of, and you know, absolutely massive credit to yourself and 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 everybody at the club uh, and clubs. That put it put it together and and seeing guys that I grew up watching on telly playing in front of me for Celtic and actually saying their names and James was like you're going to need to keep me writing these guys because I, I don't know. know I don't know them all <laughs> and I'm like I know them all because I, I watched them all play for Celtic you know pr- pretty much that was the era of me growing up as well I mean I put a, a few posts out. Uh, JP, because it is something to be celebrated. You know, I, I make a joke in that about uh, name dropping and all that kind of stuff, but it is tongue in cheek because I'm like a, a a wee boy. I I I get transported back to being the wee guy. You know, buying Panini Celtic stickers and and absolutely obsessed and writing to the, these players. So many guys, I won't admit it to them, but I wrote to them when I was a Celtic fan, and there they are playing for a, a select that we were able to pull together. But as you say, there were so many people who were part of it, everybody from uh, the DJ, uh, Big Slim, right down to, you know, the kit um, and the attention to detail. Uh, and I've got to say, you know, the the idea to wear the, the Shamrock jersey came from Stevie Mullen, um, who used to appear on Axon on a regular basis and came back for a couple of special shows when we took a wander around paradise. He came up with the idea, um, and obviously... Uh, the linkage is to James McGrory's last game as the manager of Celtic in 1965. And we wore that brilliant Shamrock strip on that particular occasion against Kilmarnock, who was a team that Jimmy McGrory had managed previously uh, prior to coming to Celtic as the gaffer. So all, all tied in, but then the attention to detail uh, from Jim Simonetti at the Jimmy Johnson Academy to get the match embroidery done and then the training jackets and the warm-up T-shirts and everything about it was painstakingly planned and thorough and then it happens and then you're starting to think to yourself going into Glasgow right I hope all the guys turn up I hope all the players turn up and then you go into the, the car park and you're counting them you're going wow 
And then it was wee Skippy, Scott McDonald, um, who d- didn't make it to the car park that was the kind of designated meeting space. But I got a message from him saying, I'm just going to go up to the park. And you're like, wow, this is just, it's happened. It's actually happened. Then you go up to the park and it's like, right, I need to see JP. I need to see uh, James. All the little bits all falling into place. And then it happens. And then the final bit, of course, was Brendan. And I didn't actually believe it was going to happen until I saw those beautiful Louis Vuitton trainers making their way out of that blacked-out vehicle. And from there, it was a bit surreal. I know that's an overused word in these circumstances, JP, but it was a bit surreal. Um, But I'll go back to the comment that was made by uh, Tommy Burns. Frank McAvenny tells a story when Burns was given the actual uh, base of the Scottish Cup, you know, the big heavy wooden bit with all the wee plaques on it, and he was he was sitting around it with the Nike. Remember the Nike football boots that Tommy Burns used to wear with yeah. the kind of neon yellow swoosh? And he was just sitting up at the corner flag with the base. He was taking it all in. He had given his speech to Jim White. They're there and they're always there. And he was just taking it all in. And uh, Neely Mockin was told to go and get the base. And McAvenny was was walking up with Neely and uh, Tommy was in tears. And he said, Mac, you don't understand. They'll be talking about it in 100 years. That always stayed with me, right? Because 35 years later, JP, we are talking about the centenary year. And it'll be the same, not only with the rock history, but with Celtic history. You look back on all these events in the past, for example, something very, very small in Celtic's history, they went to open uh, or play the first game at Central Park in Cowdenbeath under the floodlights. 1968, I think it was. You can check the wiki, it'll be on there. But that team group, you know, the guys who were in that team, they are basically part of folklore now. And it's the same with regards to even wee things, Mike Galloway's benefit game, Robbie Coltrane's in the crowd. You remember all these wee details. The St. Rock's centenary game, Brendan Rogers was there. He was in the dugout. And that will yeah. live with us forever. It's now part of the fabric of the history, JP. Very special. All those wee kids that were getting pictures with them and everything and talking to them and all sort of huddling around the, the dugout, they were the lucky part of, what, how many tickets were there? 800, 1,000, something like that? There was about 1,000 in the stadium, yeah. Yeah, they were the lucky people to get in. So those little kids in 35, 40 years' time, I don't even want to think about that given our age, but They'll, they'll speak to people and be like, I was there that day. And the folk will be like, no way. You weren't, no, you were there. And like, aye, aye, I've got a picture with Brendan Rodgers. And and that, that that's just at this point in time, Brendan Rodgers' Celtic career. There's a lot of chapters, I think, still to be written in his career. And from the way that he's talking and the way that he talked uh, uh, over the over the weekend and in recent interviews as well, I think he's very uh, keen to, to add to add to the, the story of Brendan Rodgers at Celtic, which I'm, I'm keen for him to add to those to, 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 to that story as well. You're right. I mean, it's all about the legacy, I think, right? But as you say, there's a cynicism around some um, who are, I've seen some of the comments, and, you know, when it comes to negativity, uh, GP, I tend to just sidestep the negative comments on social media, but I did see some cynical um, comments saying things like, you know, it's all PR and all this kind of stuff, playing you like a fiddle. This is a man who flew in from a, a break. He was having a break over in Spain. He's flew in. It looked as though he'd flown straight in, got picked up at the airport and came to the stadium, you know, came to the park, 
did what he did and then went on his way to prepare for this weekend's game that we're going to be talking about. Guys like uh, Saul Davis from James Fluin from Portugal played the game, JP, and then he spent a bit of time with us after the game and then he jumped in his car and he drove to Ipswich, which I think is about a nine-hour drive to master a record. You know, so these people were giving you the time and giving you all that for nothing, by the way. They were doing it just because they wanted to be part of the day and, and of the celebration. So, yes, we have been banging on about it. It is Thursday, we're still talking about it, but such is the nature of the experience. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's up there with my best experiences as a Celtic fan, JP. It's right up there. No wonder. Absolutely no wonder. And uh, like I said, it's something that you could be massively proud of, uh, being a part of, because as a good friend of mine once said, uh, while I'm alive, I'll make tiny changes to earth. And you made a tiny change to earth. You, you were part of a, a collective of people that made a tiny change to earth. You could have just, everybody at the club at St Rocks could have just went, ah, well, we've missed the boat. 2020 was was horrendous and, and that was the year that it should have happened and therefore it shouldn't happen in the future. And I'm so glad that they did, didn't give up on that and they did pursue, pursue it because 2020 robbed us of a lot of things and uh, if there's an opportunity at some point to right the wrongs of of that year and do things that you should have done that year, whether it's tiny wee things or massive things like Sunday, um, then they should, they should, every effort should be made to make them happen so that people can have that, that moment, that enjoyment and, and, and make that mark in, in history, do you know? Yeah, definitely. Brilliant words, by the way. Um, Brendan Rogers, his legacy. Some might have said that it was uh, previously tainted by the way he left the club. He's building it. I said at the beginning of the season when Brendan was appointed that success will turn everybody's view around. It, it, it will. Winning games. Going to Ibrox, winning games. Bringing in trophies to the trophy cabinet. That's what's going to change everybody's view. But these small things, uh, and I say small, they were massive to us. Absolutely huge to us. Um, are going some way as well to turn everybody's view around. And his legacy, I think, whenever the day comes that, that Brendan Rodgers leaves this football club, his legacy will be intact, and I think that's important. Um, we're going to talk, obviously, about this weekend, all the different dilemmas that might be facing the gaffer with the starting 11. Uh, but before I do that, JP, over your right shoulder is a football jersey. Tell me a wee bit about it. I can't, you know, I just can't help myself if you've got a football jersey hanging up behind you, JP. It's like a moth to a flame. I'm going to have to ask about it. Well, I've put it up before. Uh, it's the FC Palestina top. That's like a... a, a fan-made top that you can buy online and without going too far into everything that's going on over there which is atrocious I did mention before that I'd been there and been to Jerusalem been to Bethlehem I've not been to Gaza uh, I've been to Tel Aviv um, so I've seen the contrast in, in the living conditions and for anybody that uh, wants to know more about the situation just read the Balfour Declaration and the Balfour Agreement um, and ask yourself if if, if those words are being uh, held true because they're, they're definitely not. And um, it's horrendous to watch um, things happening on, on both sides over there and it's been going on for far too long and the only they, they know the only solution and everybody knows the only solution and unfortunately, nobody's willing to actually get around the table and, and, and do it. Um, 
and that is to strike a deal that is in favour of everybody. And I, I just I don't know how they do it, but there's, there's better minds than us should be able to do what needs to be done to stop innocent people dying every single day. <laughs> yeah. I've heard, many of you will have heard uh, Patrick Kielty's words uh, on the Late Late Show last week and they were poignant, I felt, and obviously tying into that a wee bit, JP, um, again, yes, it's a wee bit about the game at the weekend, but we did get the opportunity to play a brilliant song instead of the Champions League music and it was the James song, Many Faces, and the words are, um, there's only one human race, many faces, everybody belongs here. Now, simple words, but they mean a hell of a lot. It was quite funny this morning that we, we put the blog out. I think it was la- I, last night we put it out because I wasn't aware of that. So I'm a James fan, right? But um, not to the point where I'm queuing up outside our place uh, for the new releases these days. I'll get round to it. This is the thing. I, I've become a lazy music That's fan. A and a half. Our price. I, I, used to, I used to queue up for the Oasis singles um, before going to college, it was actually. Go in and get the single queue up. How bizarre. The kids of today don't know they're alive. But, I, you know, the, with the modern technology, it's probably made me a wee bit lazy. So I know that if a band releases a song, some I've seen myself going and downloading three albums at a time, JP, from one of my favourite bands. So I've just never, you know, uh, unless I'm going to go and see them live, I tend to just get round to uh, filling up my discography. So I hadn't heard that album that it was on. But I tell the story that, because I was in the presence of our former gaffer, Gordon Strachan, for a live event, he played me the song, told me the background of it, told me the nature of it. And he, of course, is big pals with Tim Booth. You tagged Tim Booth this morning in that blog, and he obviously shared it as well. So we're spreading the word of world peace via the, the power of action. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That. I just want him to. I wanted him to read it just so that he knew that it would happen. I mean, he's he's quite an active guy on online, so I thought there's maybe a chance that he would read it. And well, I would imagine he has if he's re, if he's reposted it, he must have read it. So that that's that's good enough. Yeah, I think he would need to be careful um, in his position to make sure he wasn't reposting something that mm. may be controversial. Um, so it, yeah, the chances are he has gone in and read it. Um, have you met Tim Booth? Is that one of the Musicians you have met over the years? Reluctant to say yes, but I, I did when I was eighteen. I, my, like I, I think I told the story before, but my my first uh, my first AAA backstage access to a gig was through a guy I worked for in uh, in a pub restaurant in West Lothian, and and he knew James because they had a, a recording studio in Dollar, and um, and they used to yeah. go in. He had the Strath Allen Hotel. He he ran that. 
uh, and they used to come in for dinner and drinks and stuff like that. So he put me in touch with Saul, and I was really gutted not to actually get to say hello to Saul on Sunday. Obviously, you can't really do that while you're commentating on a game, and I had to dash after the game um, had finished, and we'd finished doing our duties. So I didn't get a chance to see him. I haven't seen Saul. Let me just make this clear. I haven't seen Saul since 1998. Right. So um, quite, a, quite a lot of water has flowed under many bridges, but the company that put that gig on is now the company that I work for. So um, it's quite a full circle moment. So it would have been good. But, uh, but Tim, we did. I did meet Tim Booth briefly and um, had some chat with him about Manchester and... Um, he offered me and my friend, uh, we asked for a bottle of water and he was like, well, you can have water or you can have any of that that's on the table behind you. And we looked behind us and there was just a full table full of like snacks and bottles of this, bottles of that and two ice buckets either side of Stella Artois. And bearing in mind, we'd been down the front, a sweaty mess, uh, watching the gig. And then we got like ice cold bottles of beer after the gig. It was, it was class. So Brilliant. I love these tales, JP. Like, that's through a guy I worked for and a completely happenstance accident uh, that that I happened to work for that guy. He could have known any band in the world and it happened to be that he knew James and I'd put Born of Frustration on in the jukebox and that's why the conversation came up. So, um, while we were playing pool after a shift. So, it was very, very uh, organic and I still very much appreciate that from from him to this day because it was an early early insight into what happens behind mm. the scenes after yeah. a gig seeing a band relax after a gig and chill out and and we spoke to Saul for a good while um after it because Tim left Tim was only about for about 10-15 minutes and then he left and it was just the rest of the band I don't think Tim really likes the whole everybody on top of him after a gig type thing so um but I saw was saw was sound, so it was wild to see him for the. I've seen him on stage, but a bunch of times since then. But it was wild to see him in a in a retro Celtic kit playing for brilliant. Celtic. It's brilliant. Yeah. I, I love every moment, and of course, he took the jersey away as a wee memento. We're talking music, but you know what? Music is uh, entwined with Celtic and supporting Celtic. We're going to be touching on a couple of anniversaries today. One of them is the seven one. Um, anniversary. 66 years ago, we beat Rangers 7-1 in the League Cup final. We'll be chatting about that. And 42 years ago, uh, Johnny Doyle tragically passed away at the age of 30 um, after an accident in his house. And both of those um, both of those occasions uh, are marked by music. You know, you can think of the Hamden and the Sun song for the 7-1 game. And I remember, and you'll remember the, what I'm going to say here, uh, JP, I remember going to the uh, Falkirk Market, who used to sell brilliant records, tapes mm-hmm. and football jerseys and I bought a seven inch Johnny Doyle and, and uh, I've no idea where it's gone uh, but it was a Johnny Doyle song on seven inch and I got that at the the old, co- it was behind the old coasters wasn't it, the ice rink at Falkirk and the was. market in there, I also bought the Anfield rap and the Celtic rap um, among other so you, um, you tapes the, and records. Do you remember the the, 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 the fad in the late 80s, early 90s of, of jeans with, like, cartoon characters on them and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, Freddie Flint- Flintstone and all that. Flintstone jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, I did, did you have a pair, JP? Did you have a pair? And the Flintstone ones. Uh, I had ones with, like, patches on them. They were called IOU. They were... They, were, they weren't from, from the... I did get jeans from the Market, but I got these from... Uh, 
from a, a trendy shop in Falkirk called Matt Matt Clothing. It was where I used to always drag my mum to take me to get like Travel Fox stuff or Benzini stuff or Chippy stuff. Like basically any of that gear, that tackle, I would uh, be after. Um, <laughs> Just visualising the the famous Travel Fox trainers, you know the white ones with the, the green and the red. Yeah, sought after at the time and now an extreme rarity. So yeah, mm. the point there was all about the fact that music is intertwined with the history of Celtic. Almost every occasion has a song um, and we will be talking about both of those anniversaries. It's quite incredible to consider that uh, Johnny Doyle, 42 years ago now, um, remembered for being a fan in a jersey, uh, a successful player for Celtic. And, you know, with, with regards to his history, when you read the book, which I would recommend, written by Paul McQuaid, um, you realise just how much of a dream it, of his it was to play for the club. Now, Jungle Lion, you are coming in because on this day two weeks ago, and I think it's only fair because you were posting up brilliant pictures of a nice cold pint of lager on the beach. You were watching Axum on a beach in Fuerteventura, and now you'll be watching it in Ireland. And if it's anything like Scotland, it will be very, very windy and wet as well. Now, double denim. On a separate note, I loved Brendan's comments on the St. Rock's game came across as a very genuine and yeah, very genuine and humble top man. And I do think that. I think there's been a period of reflection, JP. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's got to be tough to be in the public eye so so much, you know, to the point where everything you say is poured over by guys like us and also the press and everything. Every single word that comes out your mouth, every way you react and act to your situation, um, the clothes you wear, the way you look, everything is under the microscope. And I do think that um, there is a bit of a repairing, reparation of the legacy going on here, uh, which will be topped off with the first trophy, second time round for Brendan. Um, he's spoken about European endeavours and ambitions. We're going to be talking also about the double header with Atletico Madrid, which is coming up. JP, now, sorry, on you go. No, I wasn't going to say anything. I, was, I just I was not going to say anything at all. <laughs> I thought you were just about to lead into something. Maybe it was just uh, a wee tease. Or, indeed, it could well be, um, obviously, the creaks and cranks of the new studio, which is still grey. And I thought just to celebrate that, I'd wear a grey jumper as well, just to um, add into that and make myself look a little bit less grey around the uh, the cheeks. Paddy Lavery. Is Tilio a real person or a figment of someone's imagination? You asked the question, of course, because we are um, asking whether or not Lewis Palma will start for Brennan Rodgers against that. So let's start with the Hearts game then, uh, JP. We're going into that. There's a few things to discuss. The first one, of course, is the, uh, the starting lineup. But before we get to that, let's talk about fans. Let's talk about allocation of tickets and also a, a few posts, etc., that we're doing around yesterday and a few blogs this morning around the Green Brigade's relationship with the club. So we'll start off with the allocation. It's not right, is it? Just to get under 600 uh, tickets for Tynecastle. That's poor. Uh, well, I mean, it's just slowly whittled down to that amount, isn't it? I mean, it was, it was what, double that before we got maybe half of that stand and then now we're getting, we even getting, are we then getting half of half of the stand, a quarter of the stand? Is that what it is? And then the, I think <clears throat> I was listening to uh, Scott McCory from the Homeboys does a uh, room one-on-one with a fan from another club mm. uh, in the lead-up to the, the game against that club at the weekend and, and he did one with a, a Hearts fan. A Hearts fan, by the way, who said that when he was younger, he was bullied into being a Rangers fan by his dad. 
even though he didn't want to be a Rangers fan. His dad would take him to Harps games and make him wear a Rangers strip to Harps games. How when, many fans have been bullied into supporting Rangers by their old man? Probably quite a few. Yeah, I um so it was an interesting listen anyway, it's, you can check it out. But he was sort of saying that because of security reasons, obviously they can't give us the full bit because they're going to cover up some of the seats with ad- advertising or something because we'd be too close to to the hearts the, the rival hearts fans and this is uh, this is a nonsense when you're if, if security is becoming a, a consideration then surely to god that you need to relook at things with regards to celtic fan safety in that stadium because mm. i mean who knows what's going to happen but i would like to think we we'll go there and and do the business but we know that's going to be a tough game but say we do go there and do the business and it is a, a rubbing their face in it job I mean what, what, the safety of the Celtic fans if there's only 550 there they're quite vulnerable to to uh, the the, heart, the hardcore element shall we say of the hearts yeah or, um, and I just I, I, it's just been the way that it's been all my life and then suddenly it's changed and uh, it's changing across uh, many grounds now as opposed to just one um, to the point that I mean there's no I don't I don't see myself getting to go back to Tynecastle and for a league game anytime soon and exactly the same for Ibrox and how is that fair for someone that's supported and paid money to support a club for my almost my entire life since I was 18 mm-hmm. bar four years I'll give I'll, I'll give you that. I was, there was a four year barren spell where I didn't have a season ticket, so therefore I couldn't get tickets for. I wouldn't even think about getting a ticket for a away game when I'm not a season ticket holder. But um, how is that fair? Like <laughs> to just be like, all right, I know you've been got coming for the last like 25 years, but um, nah, we're just going to we've we've changed our mind now. Um, and but the only thing is with, with the Harps is is as long as they're selling out their ground. You, you, there is an argument there that they can put forward where they're like, well, our demand's increased. We don't mm. have to give you these tickets. But I think the, I think the authorities need to intervene and make make some sort of minimum cap because 550 fans in a 20,000 capacity stadium seems a little bit uh, measly or meagre. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you agree with that or not. I totally agree with it. And I think we were talking the other week, JP, about um, how to manage it because the demand obviously isn't always there uh, with certain clubs, but certainly with Celtic, you know, it's been a discussion point for at least the three years we've been doing the live streams uh, beyond the pandemic, of course, whereby we were looking at some clubs where I thought on a business level were making the right decision. Um, and it wasn't because I just am so focused on Celtic that we're making the right decision to allow more Celtic fans into their stadium, Livingston, for example. I know St. Johnston had done it in the past as well. But then other clubs, you were um, looking at it and they weren't selling it out. That's where it becomes bizarre for me, where they weren't giving you the tickets, but then they were failing to sell them. And of course, Hearts are looking after themselves. They made that pretty clear. Um, But yeah, I do think it comes down to the safety aspect. That was the reason why we knocked back the Ibrox tickets. Um, How more stadium, how many more rather stadiums would we do that with as well? Because you do want as many, and I'm pretty sure Brennan Rodgers and the players want as many Celtic fans in the stadium as possible. 
right? Um, and I, and again, the, the the problem I've got with it is that the away day is a, is a brilliant part of, a, of being a Scottish football fan. I don't know, I can't speak for fans in Portugal, Italy, England or anywhere else, but I know um, how passionate you know the, the away support is for Celtic. And it's almost as if it's diminishing and it's been taken away from... The, the the football fan in the past have had to come up against the authorities and you know the police and and the and the act and all this kind of stuff and now it's the clubs themselves who are kind of turning the screw. Um, I'm bringing this up because I do remember the tartan jeans and there might be a picture of me wearing a pair of them somewhere uh, for a while. Yeah, it wasn't full tartan, full tartan, tartan jeans, man. Yeah, just... Not just not tartan patches, full tartan, full tartan, top to toe, full oh tartan. The full booner, yeah, wow. and I think they were purchased in Falkirk as well. Uh, there you go. It wasn't that long ago. It's quite embarrassing even the, thinking back. So you just done the ticket. I'm so wearing them now. Thinking, um, back to that as well. I know that it's now not a distant memory because it's still very much in my mind. I don't. I've not forgotten it, but not having the ability to go to any football game at all for 16 months. Yeah, as a fan who's been going for. 20 odd years or whatever right that uh, that sort of um, lack of games over that time uh, major made everyone who went to who goes to games made that everyone's appetite increase for when they returned everyone yes. was so desperate to get back and you're you're desperate I think it's the same with gigs as well and not not to not to how dare I mention music but the demand for gig tickets is mental just now right and and it doesn't show any signs of abating because I mean a few years ago for example Shania Twain sold one night at the Hydro she comes back and sells three right and there's there's other things like Liam Gallagher tickets going to sell uh, today or tomorrow I think it is he's doing two nights at the Hydro mm-hmm. I already know that the demand for them is through the roof and maybe you could say it would have been the same you know, in the years leading up to the pandemic or whatever, but I just think there's a bigger demand and there's a bigger demand from the Celtic support because we didn't get it for 16 months. We didn't get the opportunity to support our team and that's a long time to not be able to do it. So then the, all these in, individual circumstances like Tincastle away, like Ibrox away, you're robbing people of moments in their lives and people will be like, oh, get a life, you need to... No, you need to do more than football, but I'm sorry, but that that's a big part of my life. It's a big part of thousands of people's lives. Absolutely. And that's what they choose to do for enjoyment. And Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And, and a away day is a huge, huge part of that because you get to spend time with people. You're, 
people sitting on their own in their flats or houses doing working from home and then they want social interaction, that's an opportunity to have social interaction. And then obviously then people go, oh, we'll just go and watch in a pub. It's not the same. You and I both know it's not the same gathering together. It's it's about the journey to the game. It's about yeah. going to a pub in Edinburgh or wherever before the game. It's about the live experience of watching. The, the routine even, JP, just the routine yeah. of having that in your week and yeah. for that to be whisked away from you. Yeah, You make a great point, right? Because I know there were two completely different scenarios, right? But I, I do remember during the pandemic, people saying that this is the biggest hit that the public have taken since the world, the, the last World War. Now, if you look at the um, the attendance boom after World War II, it went through the roof, GP, and it was probably for the same reasons that, that you've mentioned, that that lack of community that they were experiencing during that period where they couldn't, you know, after a hard week's graft, go and have a few bevies with their mates and go to the game and everything that that entails. There was a massive boom in attendances after, you know, the, the football resumed and then it started tailing off a bit. We're still in that boom period after the pandemic. You're right. People do want to go and see the bands and they want to go and see their football team. And it's been taken away. And and that isn't even a consideration. The wedding that I was at um, a few, uh, a couple of months ago, I spoke about it in the villages and I met a lot of old Celtic fans who I would travel through with on various buses from the five villages. And a couple of the guys that I spoke to said that they were at the end of their tether, JP, because for 40 years, every single, twice a week, this was part of their life. And then it was taken away and it really affected them mentally, you know, because they didn't have that um, release, that that opportunity to express themselves for for 90 minutes, the lead up, and then obviously um, the celebration afterwards. They couldn't, they just couldn't adapt to life without it. People do think, JP, if you're not part of it, what are you talking about? But it's true. It is absolutely true. My old, my old CSC in Edinburgh got one ticket for Hearts on Sunday. One. I mean, <laughs> that, that, they got to, I mean, I know it's an Edinburgh based supporters club, but imagine if it was not Edinburgh based and like, so we're going to run a bus for one person. It's just. Aye. The whip room's not going to be great for the driver, is it? Um, <laughs> and I've seen a lot of the CSCs, CSCs rather saying, listen, we need to buddy up with the buses because, yeah. as you say, that one might have one, that one might have three. It's just, it needs dealt with. Um, the, the life's bloody the game. You need to go back to Jockstein's comments all those years ago and they were so, so pertinent to what we're facing right now. Jungle Lion, Johnny Doyle Day, yes, we will be having a wee chat about that as well. Memories of Johnny Doyle, let us know. In the comments section, uh, I've been privileged enough to speak to some of his teammates who tell me stories about Johnny, a right character behind the scenes, used to really get stuck in about all the ground staff guys um, as well. He used to wear the big sovereign rings, the sovies, and he had this thing where he would drop them into the wee, uh, the bit of your head there, JP, if uh, mm. you were giving him cheek or he never washed his boots properly. Um, but a popular character on the, the terrace as well. Kevin Mullen, afternoon action, Palmer is going to be one of those players that gets you off your seat, definitely going to become a fan's favourite. It looks like that. And we'll be having a look at the uh, possibility of the start of 11 as well. And Ewan Boy Martin, first day back at work today. And it's miserable, says Ewan. Thank God Celtic are back playing at the weekend. That's what we're talking about, JP. It gives you something to look forward to at the end of the week. And mm. it isn't the same in a boozer. It's not the same watching it on your phone. You know, I, I've got to admit... Um, when did it kick off? It was March 2019, right? And then the, the, the games were, were basically postponed for the rest of the season, JP. Mm-hmm. We started live streaming when the football kicked off again. Everybody was locked down. 
And uh, because the live stream had obviously built an audience, which uh, we're talking to right now, and a community, and I, say, I don't say that lightly. It is, there's a community within the Axon sphere, JP, because you notice that when you go to these events like St. Rock's, and people come up and talk to you about their own experiences and how they were introduced to Axom, and a great many of them um, say it was during the pandemic. So I'm I'm totally alive to to all of that kind of stuff. But what I did, I mean, I didn't give up my season ticket, uh, JP, but because the the games have to be covered now, because that is part of our routine and part of our schedule, I've not been going to as many games, obviously. Uh, quite frankly, you can look through all the match days, and I'm on just about all of them. Um, and, and and you do miss it. You do miss it because obviously we're your old fella. Um, there's that turning of the, the role reversal. He used to take you to the game. You want to start taking him to the game. So he's still going, but I'm not going at the moment. And uh, obviously we need to turn that around as well. Probably get everybody that's uh, living abroad on the Axrom team to cover the games, JP, so that I can get start going back to them more regularly. Because you do miss it. There's nothing quite like it, is there? And that's, again, why music... And football goes hand in hand because you get the same kind of emotion that gigs, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, you couldn't hold me back from from the moment that the doors were opened to both. I was desperate to go to one as many gigs as I could, work as many gigs as I could, and two, go to as many football matches as I could, whether it was home or away, uh, or even <laughs> even elsewhere. If there was a weekend where Celtic weren't playing going to B-team games and things like that. I've, I've done that as well. Gone down south for a couple of games, um, trying to uh, increase... for a second couple of games. <laughs> a couple of games. <laughs> um, I've, got my, I've got my football ground map that I, I fill in, so I've got 60, 65 grounds visited uh, worldwide. I mean, worldwide, I've not been that far around the world, but I've been to 65 grounds. It's... it's, it's it's a really cool thing to do if you've if you're Is that bored. online, JP? Yeah, bored of an evening and just go to it's my my football ground uh, my football ground map. Just put those put that in and you can set up your own account and and basically gives you like a map and you can see all the little pins of mm. all the stadiums that you've you've been to. So um yeah, sixty five. Going going for uh, going for a hundred. That's that's my that's my aim. Um, if I get to hundred I'll be happy and they're not all Glamorous uh, grounds, I might, I might add. There's, there's, but there's still a lot of Scottish grounds I've not been to. Uh, That's the of it. And, and, and knowing you as I do, JP, you'll have a document in most of these visits. You'll have either a photograph or a ticket stub or program. You'll have something, oh, I, won't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like for example, um, the James McGrory Park. I added that yeah. to my that had never been, never been there before, so that became ground sixty-five on Sunday. And uh, yeah, I look forward to. To add in one uh, to make sixty six, so yeah. brilliant. Uh, and by the way, another wee point. Um, I do read through the comments, obviously, in the YouTube after the event as well. If you can't watch it live, and someone uh, mentioned during the live stream that there were pockets of kind of space within James McGrory Park, but you know the, the attendance, sorry, the capacity was set based on you know the the safety aspect of it. Um, as well, because we could have sold double the tickets quite easily. In fact, I think you could have sold three or four times the amount of tickets. Such was the demand. Um, right up until the, the actual match day, I was getting messages asking if I had any tickets t- 
to the point where I, um, I, I joked to the St. Rocks guys that I was going to forge a few, but I didn't. GP, obviously, I didn't. I didn't start selling, it, selling them on the black market. Um, Martin Davy, the commentators on St. Rocks' century ah. game were brilliant guys. <laughs> I'm just going to double check how many people have tuned into that. Let's have a wee look. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I've genuinely not looked at the comments. I, 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 it's bad enough looking back at the live chat and here after you've done a show and you just see people calling you JP, the most boring guy in Celtic podcast world and stuff like that, and finishing yeah. off that hail hail when you're like, all right, cheers, mate. Um, thanks for that. Uh, but no, I'd, I'd, I'm, if anybody said anything nice, thank you for the people that I'm sure have said. The not so nice things, uh, maybe get a life. I've not seen any real negativity. I'm going to be I'm going to be totally honest with you, oh, but I'm, that. <laughs> I'm going to say though, over twenty eight thousand have tuned into the game. That, Astonishing. That, that's the reason why I'm thinking there's going to be a higher chance of negativity. If there's twenty eight thousand people watching something, then you've got to think the odds the odds and everybody enjoying what you've said or not said. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a percentage where, and I just, I don't, I don't really want to see that, to be honest, because it's not nice reading negative things about you. Yeah. I come on here for an hour every week to chat to you. Not to, I'm not trying to get a job for Sky. I'm not trying to get a job with Celtic. It's purely because we started this. Love the club. I know. And I love, I love talking to you about Celtic. So that, that's it. It's not. See the thing on a on a kind of selfish level as well, JP. If and it, and it goes back to like all my, my lifelong mates, if I didn't have this on a Thursday in the diary, you and I probably wouldn't speak like me and my mates wouldn't speak for weeks, sometimes months on end, which, by the way, when you get older, um, it's just a natural thing because you're that busy with work, family life and all that kind of stuff. So I love the fact that on a 12.30 and a Thursday, you and I can catch up once a week. It's, it's our version of going for a coffee or a pint because uh, obviously we're that busy, we can't do it physically all that often. Although... At the um, Chris Sutton night, and by the way, anybody who went to that night who were in the VIP section, got the photograph taken, all the images are on the website, axom.net. The gallery is on there, and I'm sending out tonight an email to everybody who bought the ticket so you can go and download your images. Um, but on that night, uh, Aldo, uh, who you'll see, Aldo official on the on the socials, coming in, says that um, he does love the Thursday uh, bulletin, JP, and he wants to meet us for a, a catch-up, a coffee, a pint, whatever it might be talk football music I'm all over that we'll definitely get that one in the diary as well and this is refreshing because you just get the sense that everywhere else in the world is sunning it up Portugal is also wet and windy today says Irishman in Porto uh, now Stevie Kenny makes a decent point Neely Mockin Jr on this day of all days seven one anniversary Neely scored two that day um, he does run a shop in Falkirk uh, and you get all your designer gear in there as well um, he had a couple of shops one across the road I think Make it was politics, JP. Certain brands would only exist in the world of certain brands. No, so if you want... Right, so if you know Falkirk, uh, it's the street, it's the cow wind, it's where Sleeves used to be, the uh, <laughs> record shop, which was a great record shop, but then there was there was Matt, and then there's something, I think it was maybe called like Pacifico or something like that. I can't, we were right opposite each other, both... both uh, best of gear shops that you could get all your uh, cool clothes in which I would always drag my mum to and my mum would just be appalled at the prices of things which I'm sure she would be appalled at the prices of things now even more Stone Island stuff's just eye-watering isn't it <laughs> it's like that's probably what it sells now but um, uh, you do look like you're getting a passport photograph 
I do, I do. But talking to I always remember uh, going up to I think it was maybe in George Street, um, is where you used to buy that gear in the nineties, and the the stuff was on display without the badges. You had to get the badge once you'd bought it, and there was a wee box under the counter we'd get it because we were getting nicked all the time. That was back in the day. God knows what the story is and where you buy it now. I'm kind of off the radar when it comes to fashion, as you might have noticed. Um, Rob Lilly, have you yeah. ever been to sleep? Sorry, that's not there anymore, is it? Oh, I know. I got. I, I used to buy the tickets for gigs and sleeves. Was there one in Dunfermline as well, or am, am I wrong about that? Was there there a wasn't a sleeves. There was a, a record shop um, called Hits, and mm-hmm. the the sign was made up of CDs pinned to a black. Wow. Uh, Hits. Yeah. Probably they probably had a Z instead of an S because obviously uh, that's the kind of thing that shop fronts do. And you and Boy Martin looking very grey today. Listen, ladies and gents, I will add a bit of colour to this. A work in progress. Um, a work in progress. It is. Yes, I only started on Tuesday in here. And um, yeah, in the secret bunker location of Fife. Talking of secret bunkers, I was at a gig in the secret bunker in Fife, believe it or not. And it was uh, Sonic Boom, the guy that used to be in Spaceman 3 with oh, Jason Pierce. I'd done a, a secret gig in a secret bunker. But when you're driving up to the secret bunker, there's a road sign. Saying secret bunker this way, so oh, that secret. The, the tourist attraction, the St Andrews one, aye. Yeah, I've been there when I was a wee guy. Yeah. Um, so you just go back to St Rock's game. I must say thanks to Tony Cassidy who yes. came up to me and just went. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I introduced himself and then went, where are you going? I was like, oh, I need to get back into town. I'm going to Edinburgh. And he went, oh, get a lift. <laughs> just gave me a lift into town like, Good I, man. I met him for like two minutes and he gave me a lift at the time. So uh, thanks very much to Tony. And another Tony, the guy that took the pictures that you'll have seen online from the game, uh, Tony Macalani. Yeah. I saw him pictures. Excellent images. Yeah. Uh, that that, that one, John Hughes one that you shared. Absolutely. Atmosphere. How atmospheric yeah. was that, you know? There was um, the light in the background and just the, his almost silhouette with, it, with that strip on. It just looked brilliant. And I, he was he was really good, I thought, on Sunday. How so. fit is he? <laughs> oh, he's so fit, by the way. Really fit. Absolutely. I know. I know. I know. Very, very fit. And and I think the last time I seen him, he'd obviously been working out a fair bit in the gym, but mm. what I seen on the weekend is he's very lean. He goes cycling with John Collins. He does a lot of cycling with really? John who's obviously a big fitness fanatic as well. <laughs> I, they're big mates, they two. They're like proper, proper mates, aye. Right. Um, but it's just, it's incredible to be in their presence because, you know, you, you look at them and think to yourself, I've paid to watch these guys and they're just chewing the fat and having a wee bit of the buffet afterwards. It was great. And, you know, the comments that Brennan made about being an, in amongst Celtic people, um, that's another thing we are talking about earlier, about the community aspect of it, JP, that feeling of being welcomed into the inner sanctum of a community or a group of people. And if you don't get that, and a lot of people don't until they go to the football, the supporters clubs, the bars, 
then it's going to affect their mental health. And this is a big thing that I don't think was actually considered uh, during the pandemic in terms of football, the, the importance of football and the aftermath of getting fans back in the stadium. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember any of the politicians talking about it's good for the, the health mentally of the people. Let's talk about the game at the weekend. It's Sunday, JP. It's going to be exactly, exactly one year since VAR was introduced in Scottish football at Tynecastle for the fourth league game, Celtic wow. against Hearts, right. 22nd of October. Um, and this weekend, Nick Walsh is the ref. Wasn't he the ref the last time? I think he was. Um, I remember watching it. I remember watching it in uh, the Crown Creighton in the East End, which I think somebody heard me say on this show and uh, came up for another game and, uh, a, a few months later and went into the wrong pub. Didn't go into the Crown Creighton, but went into the, I think it's the Alexandra Bar, which is ill-advised <laughs> to go in there uh, with any sort of Celtic covers on or Celtic leniencies, because it's, it's, that's not a Celtic pub. Crown Creighton doesn't sound like a Celtic pub, but it is. Um, uh, and uh, just just FYI for future reference. <laughs> um, By the I, way, watched, I watched it in there. JP, the the, the gen, I, I don't know him personally, but I've followed him for ages, Celtic Bars, uh, mm-hmm. an amazing site on, online. There's so many people that do stuff that really help Celtic out, like, even like guys like Lil Z, you know that, that does the videos. Band, on, I've seen that, I've seen right. that. Um, Celtic Bars, the Celtic Wiki, all these guys that put in loads and loads of work into these various things, and he's writing a book about the CSCs, the history of the different clubs and all that kind of stuff. What an undertaking that must be. By the way, St. Rocks, I'm going to take this one, right? This is my fault, JP, right? After the game, there's certain things you look at and you think, right, it was the first game I've ever been involved in. First game I've ever been involved in. And obviously we thought, we'll do the live stream. We'll do the live stream because what that does is that allows us to um, attract sponsorship to allow us to put a team together and all that kind of stuff. And then you can have the the, the sponsor's logo up on the screen and blah, blah, blah. So we went into it blind. We'd never done a live stream of a football game. We now have, which is great. Uh, but a few wee bits, uh, one one of which would be, it would be a good idea if the person organising that, i.e. me, gave the commentators team sheets with actual proper names and numbers on them. You guys never had that, right? No, what I, were handed was an old programme that was printed a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. That's had, my fault. I had Diddy Agat's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, just a peek behind the curtain, James was taking the lead on the commentary and I was the... Andy Walker to his Ian Crocker. Um, <laughs> I'm sure people would uh, make their own assumptions with that. But um, I uh, I went away to try and find him a little table because he had his laptop. James was very prepared, by the way. He had notes on his phone, yeah. everything mm-hmm. like that. And he had what he thought was the correct numbers next to players on his laptop. And I don't think that was, obviously, no, clearly it wasn't correct. But he, he had that sat down on a couple of bags, like, stacked up next to him and was having to, like, watch the game and then look down at his screen to to check the name of a player. So it it wasn't it wasn't easy. Um, and that was my fault. I'm going to take that one on the, on the okay. chin um, because I should have had you guys with, a, with a, at least the right teams. Um, mm. And there was a team list that was in the dressing room I should have been able to get that. It made it quite difficult that Celtic players were all wearing the same number. (laughs) (laughs) Number seven on the top, ten on the shot. Because I remember like two minutes before kickoff, that's what James said to me. He was like, hi, can you give us the numbers? I said, hi, they're all wearing number ten. Great. Right, uh, the game then. 
at the weekend. The, the tagline, obviously, is talking about one of the areas of the park um, up for grabs, but uh, we'll take it from the back and, and work our way through. JP, I'm looking at uh, maybe a dilemma or maybe not. Centre-half positions for me um, are a stick-on. You, you stick with Carter Vickers and Scales. I know that Navrosky's training again. Welsh is going to start training in, in January, I think uh, Roger said the other day. Phillips is fit. Lagerbjelk's fit and he's played games internationally, scored the goal. You don't drop Scales. You play it on form and you play those two guys. Absolutely, yeah. I don't... Why would you? Why would you break up a a, a winning defence partnership? It's the same with uh, with Carter Vickers and Starfield. People were so desperate all the time for Starfield to be to be jettisoned from the team. But you you had the centre half pairing that were a, a winning centre half pairing. They, they they didn't lose a league game whilst they played together. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the statistic. That's right. Yeah, incredible, incredible so, statistic. So the last game, we got three points. Yes, we conceded a goal. Did we deserve to concede that goal? Probably not. It was a foul on Greg Taylor, which I think is widely uh, widely acknowledged. Um, so, no, nah, Scales doesn't deserve to be dropped. Carter Vickers is obviously has to be playing to get back to a level of fitness uh, ahead of the Atletico Madrid game. You play your centre-halves that you're going to play in that game you would imagine that he would play Carter Vickers and Scales in that game. Scales has played both Champions League games so far, has done nothing really to warrant being dropped for the third one. So that that would definitely be my centre centre back pairing and the left back, right back picks itself as well. I, I agree with that. I, and obviously the goalkeeper, I know that we've been linked. I don't know how tenuous the links are, JP, to another goalkeeper and uh, Andre Lunin. But um, when you look at the, the wages he must be on, we are talking about that yesterday with Paddy Sinnott, who's written about it. Um, it doesn't look as though it, it could be a goer. Even on a, a, a loan deal, it's going to be very expensive. But what I do like about it is that's the type of age uh, profile that we should be looking at to bring a goalie in at probably about the age of 24. Um, so that if Hart gets another season at Celtic, then there's a transition, there's a crossover and we can take it from there. But yeah, you're right. Uh, right back, left back, definitely picks himself. Um, we've not been talking much about Taylor because he's back to form. He's He's got back to that kind of Greg Taylor level that we expected. But what has happened, JP, is Bernabe's fallen off the radar. He's not even making the bench at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a position for you that come January, you've got to move him on because it's clearly not worked? You move him on. He, he's been an expensive buy, something around the, the figure of three in the... Three and three quarter million pounds, I think he cost us, um, but it's just not worked out. You move him on, you bring in another left back. Would you? Would you be up for that, or do you still think we might get a tune out of him? Well, I think you've got to look at what's happened in his personal life. He's got he's a young father, isn't he? He's got a, he's got a, a baby, a relatively recent uh, baby. Maybe he's struggling with that and him and his partner are struggling with that maybe they need the support from their family maybe maybe a move closer to home after having such a huge thing happen in your life I know from friends of mine who've had children their parents have been massive in their lives and if their parents both their parents aren't around them they may well be and if so then great point great point talking nonsense but um, parents around your around your life at that point in time are, are probably huge and maybe his focus isn't fully on football uh, when it when it obviously that's his job it, it needs to be but 
Um, the reality is that his life's changed massively uh, by moving here in the first place and also then by having a child. So that might be part of the reason that he's uh, been kind of well left out of left out of things. Um, and Brendan Rodgers obviously alluded to the fact that there's work to be done there on the player, whether that happens at Celtic or, or elsewhere, I don't know. But for us, you know, selfishly, we need to think about what's happening with us in the, in, in the, in the short term. And he obviously needs to look at what's happening with him in the, in the short term as well. And uh, whether or not a move back home to be surrounded by that family unit might be... I mean, again, a complete speculation on my part. I don't know anything... Uh, other than any, you or you know anybody knows about him, um, but I, I think I think if he's if he's not getting in squads and stuff like that, you've got to be a bit concerned, especially if he's fit. Um, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a popular guy within the dressing room. You see the reaction when uh, when he scored that, that that goal recently, and uh, was it recently? I can't even. Friendly. Remember the friendly um, where he, he ran and ran and ran. Yeah. He chased his own ball, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, I but I, th- I, yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't think there's any sort of uh, uh, animosity towards him from within the squad or anything like that. I think, I think he seems to be quite a popular person, but ultimately, he, he needs to play football somewhere, and we've paid three and a half, four million pounds for him. So mm. if we're not getting football out of him, then he's be better going somewhere else to play. You make you raised a good point though, JP, because as football fans, we think about performances and if somebody's had a bad game or a runny bad game, you, you think about that. You don't then consider all the other elements. And I know that uh, some of the South Korean concerns about the players that were brought in could well be that they've not settled. You sign, you sign a player, you talk about, oh, and, and he's compared to Yakimakis, and we've heard a lot of that over the last couple of weeks. But nobody actually says, "Yeah, but you know, he was coming over for South Korea on his own, <laughs> early twenties." You imagine that in real life terms, JP. That's a difficult thing mm. for anybody to do. It doesn't matter because they're a footballer that they don't have emotions or the same kind of settling in periods. And that's maybe why Yang, for example, hasn't hit the ground running as much as maybe Palmer, who we'll be talking about when we get to the wings. But it is a good point with Bernabe. You know. Most people do rely to for a period on on the in laws or your parents to to help you with the, the the wee one coming up, and obviously they've not had that luxury either, haven't they? And um, there was a death in the family as well. Yes, totally get all that, and that's maybe why he's dropped out the squad. And it's the same with James McCarthy, whose name is mentioned a lot on the show. You don't really know what the personal circumstances are behind the scenes, behind the curtain, JP. So it's important to bring that up now. Uh, Daft Gav, gents, many thanks for what you do and long may it continue came across Axrom during the lockdown and have followed ever since the Thursday show is always my favourite well Gav thank you for your kind words um, it helped us during lockdown as well gave me a right good structure to my day and uh, for everybody who is mentioning the greyness and the boring nature of my environment I'm going to jazz it I'm going to get neon lights and all that now JP I wasn't going to do that before I'm going to get a big neon Axrom sign on the back there as if we've walked into a bar in uh, New York or something. Giggsy the Poet, Kevin Graham. Afternoon, lads and lassies, all work and no play this week. Yes, as long as it doesn't make you a dull boy, Kev. And uh, obviously you'll be welcome back in when you're available. Yes, the Pona boy. I used to go to away games from Benny's Bar, Gorbel's Cross. Anyone remember it? Let us know in the comments section. And by the way, some great 
some great comments coming through. 700 strong on the Thursday live stream. St. Rocks, big shout out also to Scott and Tommy for their photos as well as Tony, three top guys. Um, yeah, there's about 500 pictures actually in the galleries. Check out St. Rocks on the social media. They've got the links on there. Brilliant images um, of, I think every player gets uh, photographed. And by the way, I can say for, 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 for a fact, the players are buzzing about the game, JP, because obviously I, I sent them the, the galleries that St. Rocks are talking about. I sent them that on May. They're coming back because they loved it. They loved the jerseys the whole day. Um, it was genuine. It was genuinely a brilliant day. And Tony Cassidy comes in to say it was an honour to give you a run up the road ah. as well. Plunge McNugget. Um, next time you're at James McGrory Park, give the village of Black Hill a visit down the road. Listen, I've been to Black Hill. I have been down to Black Hill. A good friend of mine uh, comes from that area. I've been there. And Pete McGee, John Collins, was very unpopular for suggesting back then that Scottish players were generally really unfit. But he was all... Uh, but he was right. I think Collins was one of these guys, JP, that maximised everything in his career. A big part of that was down to diet, fitness, and that kind of approach. But it was a culture at that time whereby a lot of the Scottish players didn't really buy into that. We've seen we've seen examples of it, haven't we? Even like under Ronnie Dyler, where he wanted the players to be 24-7 athletes and all this kind of stuff. And there's a, there was an element of that squad who uh, weren't really into that. And I think it's difficult if it's part of the culture, you know, uh, looking back to when we started bringing in a lot of Scandinavian players, um, you know, Sweden and Norway and Denmark, and they had a different approach to the game to the Scottish lads who might have enjoyed um, a, a few more bevies, let's just say, and all that kind of stuff. So I think it is, it's embedded in the culture of Scotland. So it's very difficult for a player, I think, from this country um, to then completely change the mindset. I remember when, uh, for example, uh, when Graham Souness went over to Sampdoria um, and, and the change in lifestyle there, he tried to implement that when he came back to Scotland and there was a lot of resistance to the diet and all that. If you can imagine in the kind of mid to late 80s, JP, Scottish footballers were thinking, what are you doing? We run all the all the badness we eat and drink during the week, we run it off at training and it doesn't really work like that, especially now uh, with the athletic nature of the game. The tagline, Palma must start for uh, Brennan Rodgers. The reason I'm saying it, JPs were brought in three wingers um, after the departure of, of Jota. Uh, Tilio's not played, so we can't pass judgment on him. Yang, way, I think. It does, it does exist, by the way. Uh, was it Paddy Lavery said this? Yeah. Tilio does exist. I saw him, I walked past him in Botanic Gardens and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Marco Tilio. And I Google imaged him and I was like, yep, that's him. So uh, he does exist. Is he quite a wee guy? Ah, he's quite weird. Quite a wee guy, because I think Palmer's got a, a good physicality about him, and he was named in the international team of the week. He's doing well with Honduras, and I think he's uh, impression that he's made. Got to start. There's no, yeah. no. There's not even a question. Like, I, Maeda seems to be uh, a wall, probably with injury. He's not mm. in the fan squad. I don't know if anything's been mentioned about him. Maybe there'll be something mentioned about him to, tomorrow or today. Um, uh, but uh, Palmer starts definitely. He's, looks looks really dangerous now, and and has got got an appreciation of what a goal means for Celtic and and how that feels. So once you've once you've tasted it, you surely you want more. Um, and he's definitely capable of it. And and the other side, I would start James Forrest. I said that the other day, right, JP, and my rationale behind it, I don't know, tell me what you think. My rationale behind it is your other options are the likes of Yang, who I think had a bit of a stop-start 
And I think he was spooked at Fur Park because the, the fans thought he had dived, didn't they? The Motherwell fans, they got on his back and he was hooked at half-time. I don't think the Tynecastle environment is going to, uh, for me, be conducive to him putting in a good performance. And by the way, I caveat that by saying it shouldn't matter if you sign for sale that you need to deal with a toxic environment at Ibrox or Tynecastle or wherever we go. Um, but I think Forrest, he's been through that so many times as a player under Rodgers that I think this is a type of game that Rodgers will start for us. There's not going to be many games. It wouldn't surprise me if over the season he starts 12 games, JP. But this is the type of game under these circumstances I play for us. I know what I'm getting from him. Well, he started against Livingston and then had to be hooked because of the red card. So he's not really had another opportunity since then to sort of redeem, not redeem himself, but like have another opportunity to play and show what he can still offer to the side because I'm desperate for him to show what he can offer to the side, just purely to shut so many people up because so many people seem to be willing him not to do well. Uh, and I just think he's a, a waste of a jersey and the disrespect shown to him is staggering, really, to be honest. And people will be like, oh, what's he done in the last few seasons and all the rest of it? And it's like, well, we've had a pretty good side first 11, you know. I mean, you're not going to get in ahead of a guy that's just gone to Saudi Arabia for 25 million who's who's got 10 years on you or nine years on you, whatever it is. Um, so there's been a, plenty of people ahead of him who've been doing the business. And obviously quite a lot of that time he's been unfit with an injury. And then some of that time he's been fit, but he's just not been able to get in. Sunday's an opportunity for him to get in. And I would love him to to get in and do and do some damage. Um, should have had a penalty last season in, this, in the corresponding fixture, which we all remember well <laughs> in the first VAR game. So yeah. um, I hope we're not talking about VAR after the game on Sunday. I hope we're talking about a, a professional job on a team and a, a club who none of us have really got much uh, time for, have we? Not got much love for them, JP, let's be honest. I'm going to leave everybody with one final comment. 700 strong on a Thursday bulletin. Thanks, everybody. And thanks, everybody who then watches on the catch-up. Actually, 12.30 was brilliant during the pandemic in terms of getting the audience because most people were at home. 12.30 now, everybody's working. Um, so it's most people watch on the catch-up. So um, get into the comment section. Let us know about all the discussion points today. Final point, JP, we started with music. We're going to finish with music. And uh, do you hallow LP? I know for a fact you're smiling because you're well aware of Fontaine's DCJP. Um, and I'm pretty sure you'll agree they are well worth a listen, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. One of the best new bands in the last uh, 10, 20 years, in my opinion. Uh, I just think they're great. And I've loved them since seeing them at Tuts and watched them gradually get up to bigger venues. And they've been over in America supporting Arctic Monkeys and huge, huge venues over in the States. Um, so I've been watching that and unravel, and I'm sure they've won over a lot of new fans over there as well and probably go back and play to much bigger venues the next time they tour themselves as a headliner. And didn't they sponsor Bohemians Football Club? They did. I'd quite like to get that top, but I think, I think it's impossible to get now. Um, but... Uh, uh, we got them Celtic tops when they played the Barrowland, which they, they 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 still wear, which is really cool. Um, we need to get them new ones next time they come back. 
that's why I love having people like you out and about. And uh, you see it from uh, the likes of Gianni Capaldi as well. Wherever he's working with a big Hollywood superstar, he makes sure he gets him a Celtic strip or a, or a scarf or something Celtic-related. Some, yeah, some of that's a little bit contrived. You see like Robert De Niro, uh, not Robert De Niro, you see Robert Downey Jr. standing there kind of like, like he's been forced to wear a Celtic top with a bit of a kind of grimace in his face. One thing is DC are actually all mad Celtic fans and like made a point of going to the Brazen Head before their gigs at the academy and stuff like that. So um, yeah, there's a there's a definite uh, and their manager Trevor as well, massive Celtic fan, massive champion of uh, justice as well within the world. So um, they've got a, a good mentor there in him. Yeah, definitely. And just uh, a wee bit of football, music and politics on a Celtic state of mind here on a Thursday afternoon. Um, I'm pretty sure you'd be disappointed if you didn't hear all of the above. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Get us uh, followed on the YouTube channel. Subscribe. It's all free, obviously. And uh, give us a big thumbs up as well on this particular video. We'll be back at 12.30 tomorrow for all the P-Match chat. All that's left for me to say, John Paul Mason, thank you for joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.